This is Ken Forster, Executive Director of Momentum. Welcome to our Digital Industry Leadership Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momentum, they are deep industry practitioners. We hope you find these podcasts informative as always. We welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to edition 133 of our Digital Industry Leadership Series. Today, I'm pleased to host Dr. Raphael Salmi, Global President Richardson RFPD at Division of Aero Electronics. Dr. Salmi is a technology executive with a proven track record of successfully building and transforming global organizations. With over a decade at Aero Electronics, he is currently global president and general manager for Richardson RFPD, an aero company focused on RF, wireless, and IoT technologies. Dr. Selmy was instrumental in transforming Richardson RFPD's value proposition from semiconductor supplier to edge to cloud IoT and RF solution provider. He's on the advisory board of the IoT Solutions World Congress and co-chair of the IoT Council in Chicago. Dr. Selmy, welcome to our Digital Industry Leadership uh, Podcast. Hey, Ken. uh, Thanks for having me uh, here today in the podcast. And it's uh, it's uh, long since due. I know that uh, we've had uh, uh, a l- level of great interactions over the last couple of years, but going back to uh, I, uh, exactly the IoT Solutions World Congress, I think it was the last time we actually could physically hold it. So, <laughs> so good to uh, to reconnect on that. So I always like to start off with one's kind of uh, I'll call it digital industry leadership um, a journey. What would you consider to be the red thread through your journey? Oh, uh, Ken, um, I think what um, through my journey, all the choices that I met um, and the passion that I have is really around understanding and applying technology. You know, my background is I'm a physicist and I've been passionate by science, but also applying science. Uh, That's one thread um, of my uh, journey and my professional personality. Um, Also very... um, uh, engage and loving managing and navigating complex uh, global businesses. So I've been involved in global businesses back in the 90s, and uh, here we are today. Uh, I don't think uh, globalization is going away. It slowed down lately, but I strongly believe uh, that uh, we're going to continue to see involvement of uh, technology in different geographies. The last characteristic of my professional journey, and that's what I'm really passionate about, Ken, is is I'm a P&L operator uh, with a growth mindset. Uh, I think it's extremely important uh, to keep that in mind. You know, managing a profitable and growing uh, uh, operation, it's it's really exciting. So that's really what shaped uh, my professional journey, Ken. I know you subsequently took on progressive leadership roles for Aero across uh, EMEA and, uh, and Latin America. How has the value proposition of Aero evolved over the time that you've been with them? So, um, you know, I joined the company about 15 years ago. And, and prior to that, I would say 20, 30 years ago, electronic distribution uh, was viewed as a, a pure supply chain uh, play. 
But in the past 20 years, uh, we at Arrow really invested in, in, in enhancing our value proposition. And the reason is that we saw tremendous need from customers uh, uh, for a global strong technology partner like us, able to help them navigate uh, the deployment of a complex technology, helping them shorten that time to market and guide them from concept and design to mass production, helping them better manage their working capital, uh, improve their cost to serve, as well as helping customer adapt to fast and evolving markets, as well as disruption that continue to happen today. So we really successfully uh, transformed our value proposition to, to become a, a global te technology aggregator uh, with our global engineering capabilities and a tremendous partnership with suppliers that allowed us to, to be a successful company. And today we're a $30 billion uh, public company. That is a, a certainly a great place to be and well-earned, it sounds like, over the time that you guys have been there. I know in 2014, you became global president of Richardson RFPD. Can you tell us a bit about the company and how you transformed it? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, we acquired uh, Richardson RFPD in 2011. I, I joined the organization uh, end of 2014 and I was really impressed by the value proposition of Riches and RFPD. At that time we were the largest global RF wireless machine to machine. It was we we did we called IoT at that time machine to machine and power distributor. So uh, the company was focusing on uh, telecommunication market, aerospace and defense, industrial, medical, transportation and a large portion in uh, renewable energy, mostly in Asia. Uh, we service about 10,000 customers around the globe and uh, had offices in about 36 countries. So my objective when I joined the company was how can I help the organization to evolve to address the needs of the market? The, the, what I explained earlier, the complexity of designs. You know, when you are deploying 5G solutions, uh, the level of complexity increased multiple fold. At the same time, the domain of expertise that my technical salespeople or engineering had to evolve. So, and the ultimate goal for us was uh, to help customers uh, accelerate in their time to market while having access to the latest RF, wireless, IoT and power technologies. So what we did, we basically drastically enhanced uh, our technology offering and capabilities. So we added a lot of partnership at different technology stacks uh, from large corporation uh, up to fabulous startups uh, to be able to have really a good um, and sound offering uh, on those uh, technologies. So the other thing that we did, can we to enhance our value proposition from a demand creation standpoint and from an engineering standpoint, we attracted and invested highly skilled uh, engineering talent uh, from the semiconductor or the software industry. So today um, we have uh, multiple staff in different geographies and we have a couple of RF PhDs in, in, in our staff, which we you don't see in traditional distribution. At the same time, uh, we evolved from helping customers in designing discrete component to helping them really design and improve their system architectures. Um, so we became really a, a, a truly technology advisor uh, to our customers with a cost-effective global supply chain uh, arm. So at the same time, 
since the beginning of 2020, we saw an, an acceleration of digital transformation of companies. So we had to adapt and be agile to to uh, leverage that opportunity and, and enhance our uh, go-to-market strategy. So we adopted uh, more and more digital customer interfacing uh, platform and technologies. Um, we also uh, are more and more involved in new technologies like AI on the edge and also applying AI on the back office to improve our um, you know, engagement with our customers. So the same thing, we, we launched uh, recently our uh, billing engine uh, and the ability for us now is to offer not only hardware and software, but also offer subscription-based uh, um, revenue and, and engagement with customers. Uh, you clearly have come a long ways from uh, being, as as you said earlier, simply a, a a supply chain play or a distributor play for uh, for electronics. Uh, full solutions, shall we say? As I mentioned earlier, I. Um, you and I first met at the IoT Solutions World in Barcelona, and I do hope we have the opportunity to attend such conferences again in the future. But we were uh, part of a panel discussion on the industrial IoT ecosystem. Um, at least the way you've described Richardson RFPD, it, it sounds like you guys play very much in the middle of such an ecosystem. What what does ecosystem mean to you, and how have you woven this into Richardson RFPD's focus? Yeah, I mean, first, I'm also very excited. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, end of this year we'll have the opportunity to go uh, again to this amazing event, uh, the IoT Solution World Congress. Um, as you know, so IoT for me is a complex uh, aggregation of horizontal stacks of different technologies. So to be able to successfully deploy and scale IoT solution, you need to partner with a, a, a complex ecosystem. And that ecosystem is includes hardware supplier, uh, software suppliers, system integrators, telecom operators, um, software platform suppliers, cloud services, design house, et cetera. And none of these uh, companies alone can, uh, uh, you know, resolve or solve the one specific aspect of an IoT deployment. We are in the middle of that ecosystem. And that's the beauty of being um, originally a distributor is that we can bring all those technology partners to offer a seamless solution to deploy IoT solution. So uh, as a technology company, we built that agile ecosystem with our suppliers. Uh, to help customers deploy those IoT solutions in different use cases, different uh, vertical markets. So the other thing we did, we accelerated investment in, in, in our transformation that I mentioned, uh, and we launched, uh, you know, billing platform, we launched engagement on AI on the edge. The idea is really to deliver, uh, you know, different business models to, to customers, depending on what their use case and what they want to, to achieve. So we can now deliver uh, recurrence uh, billing services, subscription-based offering, and we are now looking at offering, we already started offering uh, products as a service. So it's really exciting. I really believe that transformation is just the beginning. I think we're gonna see a lot more innovation and transformation moving forward. 
Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd fully agree, especially um, as you look across uh, any of, you know, formerly, let's say, CapEx good, the idea of, you know, product as a service, or you've seen a lot of service as a product, right? And so uh, it is interesting in terms of the uh, the changes and the different options you've got to uh, to go to market with. And that really is kind of the crux of uh, digital transformation, or at least the, what that catalyzes. Um, let, let me go back as as I mentioned earlier. Um, you you provide you you talk about yourself being edge to cloud solution provider. What what does that mean to you? Yeah, first of all, uh, uh, foremost, I mean our DNA is RF wireless and and connectivity. But what we realize, if I'm a customer trying to um, you know, transform my business model, um, enhance my productivity, or and I want to deploy IoT solution. If I'm an executive of those uh, type of companies, I really, you know, the, what technology is going to be used is not really relevant. So what I want as a customer, I want the seamless deployment of IoT to get access to data. And so what we tried to do is, while we are still, our DNA is RF wireless and connectivity, we looked at what are the other stacks that can help a seamless deployment of IoT solution. And that's why we invested in new expertise like cloud, services, platform, software, security, et cetera. So the, the, our customers need to access to the data. It's all about the data, as you know, Cam. So the data is really important to unleash the power of artificial intelligence. Uh, it helps improve operation of our customers, help them offer new services or enhance, enhance their service levels and, and grow profitably. So our objective by really being an edge to cloud uh, solution provider is really help customers to get easily access to data in a secure and cost-effective way and a reliable way independently from the technology uh, applied. We uh, we see several players along the value chain, uh, edge to cloud, to be clear there, um, including telcos, hyperscalers, industrials, um, with a similar claim or value proposition. What do you see, um, or maybe said another way, uh, who do you see as best positioned to win this given those different groups and, and why? So uh, today, um, you know, what is very interesting, the opportunity of growth is, is tremendous, is very important in, in our space. But the market is unfortunately overcrowded and very fragmented. Let's say, for example, if we talk about IoT platform, you know that, can there is today between 800 and 1,000 platform uh, suppliers. Are really, um, the winner are going to be the companies that are able to build a cost-effective, seamless, deployable solution. And most importantly, those are able to scale uh, those uh, solutions. So uh, what I believe, uh, there is uh, there will be an, a Darwinian evolution of some players. Some player will disappear and some will, will thrive. We really believe that we are very well positioned to be a major player in in in, in that space with our key suppliers because nobody, um, you know, have an answer to the entire complexity of IoT deployment. So that's why being able to partner in in the complex ecosystem is, is key. The um. 
Interesting that um, uh, given your original uh, focus and a continued focus on on RF, um, there has been obviously a lot of uh, new entrants and uh, and movement within the the wireless world, particularly around uh, both unlicensed spectrums like uh, Laura Wan, and of course uh, you know the new licensed spectrum plays uh, NB-IoT, uh, LTEM, and such under 5G. What's uh, what's your perspective there? Speaking of Darwinian evolution, do you do you see all of these continuing on, or do you see some type of convergence down the line? Uh, I think we are just in the beginning again of this journey. So, what is very exciting? Um, I mean, RF is becoming more and more important as as we can see. So, what I do believe, Ken, is the three GPP license five uh, G application have a strong value proposition. I mean, 5G will definitely allow um, higher bandwidth, uh, lower latency, larger and easy IoT deployment. And this is a very important value proposition for a larger adoption of IoT, not only in the consumer market, but mostly, most importantly, in industrial applications. So 5G architecture is really very different from 3G and LTE in the sense that its deployment uh, is more difficult. It, the deployment is going to be more distributed. So the 5G hardware would be deployed not only um, in the form of micro-based station like we've seen in LTE or 3G, but it's going to be also a deployment of a multitude of small cells. And we'd be deployed even in premises or houses. It's like the Wi-Fi router 25 years ago. So we are currently living the deployment of 5G networks around the globe, but it's just the beginning. So, so far, we, we are just talking about sub, uh, six gigahertz technologies, which is an evolution of LTE. But there is really a tremendous growth opportunity at higher frequency bands uh, with uh, millimeter wave technologies. There is also a lot more innovations going to happen uh, in, in now and in the future in beamforming, massive MIMO. So the higher we go in frequency, um, the more complex the deployment, but also it's going to allow uh, a lot more um, transformation happening and an acceleration of adoption of of, uh, of IoT solution. You know, if, if you look at the data, as we know, the data is the oil. And for me, the pipeline to, you know, take that oil that we collect from a sensor and, and moving it to the cloud is going to be a, through a pipe, and this is the 5G pipe. At the same time, we see companies and uh, research institutes are already talking about uh, 6G or even quantum wireless post 2030. So it's we are just in the a, a beginning of that uh, revolution. At the same time, if I look at the other use cases and the other growth opportunities really around unlicensed spectrum, you mentioned Oran or LoRaWAN uh, for private uh, networks. I think there is more and more use cases uh, for industrial applications. So I can really see that a large global industrial companies will want to deploy their own private networks around the globe, and they want to own and manage and operate their, their network. So I really believe, Ken, that these two options, uh, license versus uh, license, will coexist. And that's a, a great growth opportunity for all of us. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. And um, we've seen what's interesting in the unlicensed spectrum play, the way uh, I like the way you refer to it as private. That is ultimately what is driving it. It's the ability to control the pipes, the data, um, and, uh, um, and, and, and even in essence, kind of roll your own network, you know, on your, bar, on your barn, on your farm, uh, you know, in your city, et cetera. And uh, you could call it kind of the uh, Open uh, open systems or uh, or community, if you will, approach to uh, you know setting up a telco in some sense, right? Uh, or at least yeah, lightly. So uh, it is pretty interesting to see how uh, how these are going to come together. And we didn't even mention Starlink and all of this, so <laughs> that's going to make for <laughs> yes. a very interesting network of uh, connectivity. But you know, certainly benefiting all. Um, let me go back to a question really quick on um, uh, you, you, the way you've described Richardson RFPD was certainly eye opening for me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of the audience as well. If somebody wants to engage you, what what does that engagement model look like? Do I, you know, talk with your salesperson? Do I, you know, send you an RFP, RFP or h- how do I engage you? Because you're a little bit of system integrator, software provider, hardware provider, and uh, it's a pretty rich model. Yes, I mean, the engagement can be in multiple ways. I mean, generally, our technical salespeople engage with um, CTOs, head of engineering. That's the traditional model we had. And then when we succeed to design a, a solution, then it goes to procurement, purchasing, etc. But now when we talk about, you know, new technology disruption, uh, subscription-based businesses, etc., the the engagement goes above and beyond engineering and supply chain. It goes also at the C-suite. I really believe, Ken, that if the head, uh, the CXOs of companies do not understand the opportunity and the challenges of IoT deployment or even 5G deployment, then the company would not be successful. So that's why our go-to-market, I would say, we are taking it really multiple channel. We are looking at an omni-channel approach, online, offline, but also with major uh, personas within the companies. It, it, It starts with, you know, head of a company, to engineering, to supply chain. So uh, it's really multitude uh, way of engaging with us. Very good. Well, finally, we always like to uh, ask the individual really, um, you know, what books, people and or resources inspire you? Oh, that's a great question, Ken. So I, one source of inspiration for me is reading. I mean, I, I love reading um, as well as I love interacting face-to-face with partners, customers, um, executive in, from different regions of the world. But reading gives me really a, a concise way of and reflecting on what is happening in our world. So uh, I do read a lot about leadership. Um, I love reading about global cultures, uh, technology, obviously, and also fascinated with biographies too. You know, I think that learning uh, through the biography of successful people, it's it's very enlightening. So, for example, lately I enjoyed uh, reading a book from Erin Meyer called The Culture Map. And I really encourage people to read that book, which is around, um, you know, how you approach uh, engagement with customers, suppliers, partners in different cultures. Uh, I enjoyed also reading uh, Satya Nadella book, Hit Refresh, uh, or even, you know, Hans Rosling, uh, Factfulness. 
Um, and I can, you know, cite a multitude of books that I love reading. But also another topic that inspired me a lot, Ken, is is I'm very fascinated by the brain and cognitive and uh, positive psychology. Like, uh, you know, I enjoy reading or, or, or following Martin Seligman or Christopher Andre. So all what can help me to continue develop, develop and myself uh, to become a, a better leader. You are a veritable renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Very impressive. And we will include links to all of these books in the uh, in the transcript as well. Dr. Salmi, thank you for this insightful interview today. Oh, Ken, thank you. Thank you. It was really, uh, as always, uh, a pleasure talking to you, Ken. As, as well, and, and, and certainly eye-opening for, uh, for me. So this has been Dr. Raphael Salmi, Global President of Richardson RFPD. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to also say probably the tip of the arrow relative to, uh, to uh, the, the company. So thank you for listening, and please join us next week for the next episode of our Digital Industry Leadership Series. Thank you for having me, Ken. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Industry Leadership Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archived versions of podcasts and webinars, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening.